Welcome to Opening the Heart Podcast. I'm your guide, Julie Stratton. Opening the Heart is a platform for telling our stories straight from our hearts. No filters, no BS, and no being fake. What you will hear are stories from our journeys to being our most authentic selves. Today's show is the next in the series that I am calling Living Out Loud, and I dedicate this episode of Living Out Loud to the North Idaho Pride Alliance and to the LGBTQ plus community. Today, my guest is a wonderful young LGBTQ plus leader and artist who has impacted North Idaho with her passion and her dedication to helping give other young folks a space to fully explore and express themselves. And most recently, she has served as the president for the Gender and Sexuality Alliance at North Idaho College. I am really pleased to welcome Lizzie Welker to the show. Thank you, Julie, very much. I appreciate that. Um, I've been working with NIC for the past three years um, and has, uh, was president for two years um, of approximately with uh, COVID shutting down. We kind of shut that two years a little short. Um, but I've been working with them for uh, the past couple of years, and I've had a lot of really great opportunities with um, NIC and working with the community and being able to be uh, kind of engrossed into the rest of uh, Cornwall's community and uh, being able to learn about everyone else and um, working with people. And and I'll be honest, I don't know your backstory. Um your gender and sexuality story or any of that. So I don't know if that's anything you want to share in particular, um, any part of that story, um, kind of letting folks know a little bit about that part of you or not. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, no, I definitely would love to, to share about that because a lot of it does focus around like MIC as well. Um, and because I started getting involved with um, the GSA here, uh, back in 2011, and I was involved for that first year of college that I had. Um, I had not really ever given my, my sexuality, like, much thought kind of thing. Um, I just, I was never interested in dating at a younger age. I mean, I had a lot of stuff going on at home, and there was other things that were taking kind of priority in my life. Um but that was not something that I could deal with at this at like at that time. And going to college was something that was um, giving an opportunity where I could actually like start understanding and thinking about myself as a person. And uh, I ended up befriending a bunch of the kids who were part of the GSA, and they always hung out in the, the lobby um, at the student union building. And I would go to meetings here and there, and um, always considered myself like an ally, and but um, deep down, like I knew that wasn't true, um, kind of thing. And I remember, like, there was, I think it was one of the first drag shows I went to that the school had put on, and they had a big board outside, and it was like, I think I remember like flowers on it or something, and it was like um, signing your name on the pedals if you're an ally, kind of thing. And I remember doing that, and then that it just felt so wrong. Like, that wasn't, like, where my name should have gone. Mm. And it wasn't until, like, a couple of years later where I was really, like, feeling that this, um, that, like, coming into terms with my, my sexuality and, and realizing that I was bi um, 
And at this time, I was also in a long-term committed relationship with a man um, who was very, very supportive. And, I mean, nothing was, like, came from it and stuff. And um, we were together for four years. Um, he ended up actually uh, passing away in an accident um, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And it is something that, like, he was very supportive of. and um was just a very kind person about it and stuff and it made me feel way more confident and everything and uh, when I came back to school um so I can relearn a trade or get educated so I can um, get a job again um after the accident um I started getting involved with the GSA again um and it kind of was just like a really natural um way of involvement for me and it was something to keep me like distracted and um having a community where uh, I knew I was gonna be accepted kind of thing and it was and it was good for the first year. Um I felt like there was some issues with leadership and that it just wasn't being run the same way that I would like to run things kind of thing. Um, They were a little bit more relaxed and they wanted it to be just more of a social thing um, where I wanted to actually go out and like start making change and doing things for the community and being vocal about things. Um, So that's where I'm passionate about and also just like educating on history and our LGBT history. Um, Because a lot of these kids don't know anything um, about where we've come from and the struggles that we've had to fight. and so that was something that I was really passionate about, um, teaching that and um, sharing that knowledge. Um, and I ended up having the opportunity to become president within the next year. And it kind of just, like, rolled from there. I think we had a really great team of people. Um, I had Sam Hope working with me as my vice president. Having those people who were also passionate about the same things that I was super important and just like helpful and encouraging um and gt was really encouraging um and helpful and like came with a lot of experience which really helped um kind of like build a confidence and uh, i feel like we had a really successful year that first year and i think it really hit um when we had our first drag show and it was our hall of queens show and um it was it was really successful and I know we had a lot of issues like years before with the shows not coming through and people being really disappointed. And I felt like there was a lot of pressure uh, to kind of like produce like a really great show and a really great event for everyone uh, to be a part of. And I feel like that we were really successful with that. And I feel like that carried off for the rest of the year. And then we ended up getting um, the Call of the Year Award, which was really amazing that a club that was kind of falling apart kind of rose back above and like was actually like making a huge difference and um, on campus and was really uh, out putting themselves out there. And uh, this year we were trying to do the same as well, but with the whole COVID-19 stuff, like it kind of dampened kind of our parade kind of thing. We didn't have the opportunity to finish our um, plan for um, transitioning uh, to leadership next year um, over with the 
thoroughly talk about it like we were planning, um, but I'm planning on working on creating a binder of sorts over the summer before I head out so that we can, so I can pass that on to the, the next students um, who are wanting to take that leadership so they have a little bit more of a guide uh, where to go, who to contact, what are our resources in the area, because we have more resources than people think we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still don't have a time, but um, there's definitely more out there than everyone is realizing. Uh, and so making sure that those are all kind of compiled and like people's business cards and stuff like that and phone numbers and uh, how to run a meeting and um, how to try to maybe like get people focused because I know that was always something that was Gender and Sexuality Alliance. We also have another great resource in our community through the Community Library Network. We have a youth organization um, called the Rainbow Squad. It's a community club for LGBTQ teens and their allies. And this group meets monthly during the school year, and they're still um, virtually meeting throughout the summer. And actually, they're planning a Pride Trivia Night coming up soon. And then in August, they'll be planning a wonderful get-together for um, student leaders to come together and just figure out what they want to be in our community. And so if you're interested in the Rainbow Squad, you can contact Denise New Year, and her email is Denise N, as in Nancy or New Year, at communitylibrary.net. And again, I will also put that into the comments or into the description field of this podcast. And this group, the Rainbow Squad, is for grades 6 through 12. And again, they meet at the Post Falls Library. So One more resource we did not have even a year ago for our young adults in this community and for our teenagers. So things are growing in this area. You're done with school and you are headed Mm -hmm. out of town the end of July. You're unfortunately leaving this area, but you have some really exciting Mm -hmm. things that you're looking forward to. Can you tell me about those things? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm I'm planning on moving it. Uh, down the Manchester, California, um, where it's twice the size of Coeur d'Alene. Um, and we're about an hour and a half away from San Francisco, um, which has a very high community um, over there, which is really exciting for me for um, going down to an environment that has so much more diversity and more opportunities that are going to be available 
um, for me to make a difference. And well, really, I'm working with um, my twin and another uh, couple of friends that we've worked with um, at uh, camps, like our entire life pretty much we've been involved. And we're really wanting to start making a all-inclusive camp um, for kids who are under the LGBTQ plus umbrella uh, and just making a safe place where they can learn outdoor skills and learn leadership skills because all three of us are like super, super passionate about leadership skills. And that's something that we've been trained on um, and something that we've also done training on for other people um, in the past. And we're really wanting to have like a really steady environment where people can come in and they're not going to be afraid to be themselves. And they're going to have the opportunities to teach these skills that they wouldn't be able to get elsewhere. And that we're better with like kind of pinpointed at our community and helping our community um, and growing just as strong leaders to help um, our, um, our country and our society and stuff. And uh, we're wanting to start off slow and looking at like a ranch or something and starting off with like a program kind of thing and then moving on to a residential program uh, hopefully in the future. Like, this is, and this is like a 10-year plan kind of thing. Like, we know it's going to take a lot of time and it's a lot of work running camp and uh, making sure that we have everything um, taken care of where it's going to be a safe environment for everybody. But and that's, that's something that, like, really impacted us growing up, um, going to summer camp and also working at camp. Uh, and it, it, we found that, like, it's just like a lot of queer people who tend to work in these areas and these fields. And it was really encouraging um, being surrounded by white people who love the outdoors and who love um, celebrating our uniqueness and our individuality. And it's something that we would like to carry on uh, that's a little bit more centered towards that and not just like a general camp experience. I think it's what we're going for right now. What do you feel like are the biggest challenges for young people today, in particular young LGBTQ plus folks, in your experience of working with them at the college and then in your camp experience? I think a lot of the issues that we're still having is like accepting parents. And it's something that is very, very common, especially like in this community. Um, with North Idaho, we're very conservative and um, people don't like things that are different here. And they don't understand it. And I feel like these kids are, are terrified uh, for their safety and for coming out. And I know a lot of them um, that are involved with the club, like we do not like say their names publicly, where they don't post pictures on um, social media or anything like that, like for their privacy because they could lose their homes. It's like their parents found out that they were even attending a GSA meeting, whether that they were gay or not. And while things are getting better, there's still some serious consequences that are happening for our LGBT youth. And I would like to just share some of the the research that I've come across recently. And one is from the Trevor Project. 
the Trevor Project's 2019 National Survey on LGBTQ Mental Health contained a sample of individuals ages 13 to 24 who reside across the United States. And I'll put the link to their report in the description of this podcast. And some of their findings were startling, but unfortunately not surprising. Two in three young people in this study reported that someone tried to convince them to change their sexual orientation or their gender identity. 71% of LGBTQ youth in the study reported experiencing discrimination due to their sexual orientation or their gender identity. And 78% of transgender and non-binary youth reported being the subject of discrimination due to their gender identity. Oh, and this, 39% of LGBTQ respondents seriously considered attempting suicide in the past 12 months. More than half, let me repeat that, more than half of transgender and non-binary youth have seriously considered suicide. And according to the Williams Institute out of the UCLA School of Law, 40% at least 40% of homeless youth served by agencies identify as LGBTQ. We need to listen to the voices of our young LGBTQ folks. We need to listen for what they need. We need to be there as mentors. We need to give them space to explore who they are and embrace them with full open arms and an open heart. And if you're a young person out there listening to this podcast, if at any time you need to talk to somebody about your mental health or thoughts of suicide, you can call the Trevor Project at 1-866-488-7386. And you can also contact Heritage Health Children and Family Services and ask for counselor Melinda Saltz. You can reach her at 208 207-4222. And you can set up an individual appointment or ask her about the new group therapy program she is creating for the LGBT community. You are not alone. And as cliche as it might sound sometimes, it does get better. Stick around. It does get better. And there are a lot of us who have been around for a while and been out and living in our authentic selves and in our authentic truth that will testify it does get better. So please reach out to those numbers. And I'll, again, I'll put those into the um, description as well. So you have that resource. You can always go to the North Idaho Pride Alliance website at nipridealliance.com. Click on the resource tab and there are a whole bunch of other great resources for not just for our youth, but for the entire LGBT community and our allies. It's really important that we hear these stories like yours, where people really are making a difference. You've taken your passion, your education, your connections, your, your drive, and your commitment to the LGBT community, and you are doing something positive for the next generation and for your generation. So hopefully history won't continue to repeat itself 
and you're inspiring, and I appreciate that very much. And it's a huge loss for our area that you're going to be headed to California. So bring all that back in 10 years right back here and start a camp here because we know we have a, a large population of LGBTQ plus youth in this area. I see them everywhere. They're a part of our organizations. I want to thank you so much for taking time to be a part of Opening the Heart podcast in this very special edition of Living Out Loud, part of Pride Month. I, I really do respect everything that you've done and appreciate everything that you've done for this community. And, and thank you again for taking the time to be with me, wishing you nothing but joy and success and, and everything wonderful to come your way as you move on to this next stage of your life. Thank you.